ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Thursday edition of The Drive. It begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Coming up this hour, this is going to be one of the final weekends where we're not talking full football. Instead, we've got Mitch Jacobs coming up a little bit later on, Marshall's volleyball coach. He'll join us at about 545. He's thundering herd in action this weekend in Dayton. Also, a little bit later on, Billy Seals, Huntington High's head football coach, joins us as the Highlanders are in action tomorrow night. A game you can hear against Belfry right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. But... You know me, I love the National Football League, so I'm excited because joining me now on the program from rotowire.com, Joe Bartles joining us. He is an expert at rotowire.com. He's been there for two decades. I believe he's been there for two decades, but rotowire has been, of course, the name in fantasy sports resources, and these guys are offering up a great deal. They've got a draft kit. You get everything you need just by going to rotowire.com forward slash free. It's a 10-day trial. Joe joins us on the program now. Tell us a little bit more about that. And, of course, to get us ready for the NFL and fantasy football, Joe, thanks for spending some time with us. Hey, I'm happy to be on. I haven't been here for quite two decades, so we're going to work our way up to that point. Okay. I know Rotowire's been around. <laughs> I didn't know if you were there for two decades, but still. Uh, that's been the name for years. I've really only known one name consistently. I know a lot of other organizations get into fantasy football, but Roto-Wire has probably been that name that I've heard since I was into NFL football as a kid. Yeah, I mean, Roto-Wire really has been around for quite a while. Uh, I think they started in 1998 doing just baseball notes, and it progressed pretty quickly onto fantasy football, I think, in 2001. And, I, you know, I've heard stories from the old-timers, the ones who actually have been around for two decades, and talk about how they used to get uh, the knowledge and news of just watching John Clayton do injury reports prior to Sundays and things like that. It's, it's incredible to see how we've progressed this point now where we're getting instant updates and where uh twitter feed and see any one of your players that is you know one of the major guys that if they're hurt or if they're healthy if they're playing if they did well it's it's it really is, is a great thing and rotowire is fantastic at all the latest news and updates and nfl and really other sports as well so this is your busy time of the year of course this is what you live for uh, i guess fantasy sports are a year-round thing but when it comes to the football side of, of fantasy this is probably everybody's go-to sport. So a lot of people are getting their teams formed together, their leagues, putting all that together, having their draft parties. You guys are, of course, helping out so many do this because it used to be just for fun. This is serious now. I mean, they're at the point where people, if they lose their league, they've got to go be publicly shamed. It's gotten that serious. Yeah, I mean, we've. We've progressed. I mean, you talk about Matthew Berry's week, too, where uh, there's the, the tattoo week that's really become famous after he uh, wrote his book and kind of featured that in there. And I've heard a whole bunch of other different stipulations that happen to losers. I mean, obviously, one of the more notable ones also is, you know, you get a, a crappy loser trophy and have to do something else. It's embarrassing. You know, it, it's, it's fun. There's the Elmwood competition in fantasy football is one of my favorite things about it. Of course, you can win and you know, you like uh, breaking on, breaking to your friends about how great your team is, but that's but one of the beauties about fantasy football is it can be different for everyone, just the spirit of competition. So I haven't done my fantasy league just yet. There's one here at the office, and these guys were trying to sucker me in, and I knew that I wouldn't do a thing until I talked to you first because I'm not going to fall to their trap. But 
if I'm getting my league ready, I'm getting my team ready, what do you usually tell someone who's maybe starting out a new season, don't do this? What's the biggest mistake you think when people play fantasy football that they fall into, a trap or a misnomer that I've got to draft here? What can you do to help me put together a good team? Uh, the the generic response to that normally for me is, oh, uh, don't draft it until whatever the last two rounds of your fantasy league are. And it depends uh, a little bit on what you feel like your team is comfortable with. But generally speaking, I'm always waiting to draft the kicker to the last round on defense to the, last, the second last round. If only because I'm, I'm switching defenses most every week. It just isn't important to invest a high pick on that. This year, though, specifically, I think a big pitfall that people are going to find is investing a high pick in the quarterback. It is such a deep position in fantasy, especially this year, that going in the second, third, fourth round for a guy like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson isn't the best idea, in my opinion. I think waiting until rounds 8, 9, 10, even later in that in your fantasy league, it's best to do that when we're talking about quarterbacks specifically. I think it's really one of the major pitfalls you have to worry about in terms of fantasy. Where should I start, though, if I'm going to put my first pick out there? What am I looking at? Where should I go first, or more importantly, what's going to be the big grab that I better get that pick first before someone else gets it? I think generally, um, if you're getting a first-round pick and we're talking kind of where you want to go location-wise, I would be targeting a running back in the first round. Running back is actually a deeper position, but there aren't so many of them where you feel comfortable waiting until rounds four, five, six. So getting at least one running back, really two for me in the first three rounds, is kind of how I've been structuring my lineup. That way you're getting two of the top-heavy guys at a running back spot, and I think after rounds four, five, and six, there's a lot of question marks there. And then you can find your wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, whatever else, later on. So I would be targeting your running back, especially if you're in the first four picks. You talk about Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson, Todd Gurley. One of those four guys, that's how it's going to end up going. And then maybe Saquon Barkley, uh, Kamara Hunt, and Elvin Kamara can always kind of uh, – fit into that category as well, too. So it's kind of, uh, that, that's kind of what I've been at least structuring my lineups as, getting the running backs first and then figuring out how the rest, how you want to put the rest of your team. Yeah, I've always made that mistake, go for the quarterback, and usually it it's okay, but I've always felt like I'm missing a little offensive potency just because maybe I go for a running back later on. So, I mean, that's just great for me right there, knowing that, all right, quarterbacks not that good go get the running back first and foremost you know do you think that that's a mistake maybe a lot of people make to go for the quarterback thinking that's the high profile position to get or you know, is is it just really we're all in, we're well, embedded to get you know, we're trained to go quarterback exactly that's that's exactly what i think it is but it's really the easiest thing like you you know most of your football fan doesn't matter to be a big football fan you probably know most of the quarterbacks that are important, at least in fantasy football. And it's easier to draft that spot. You're like, oh, yeah, I know who Tom Brady is. I, I know I can depend on him. He's only missed one season, and it feels like 40 years now that he's been playing. Oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit injury-prone, but he's a great uh, he's a great quarterback. He'll be fantastic in fantasy. And that's fine. Like I understand that, and especially from a new perspective, I, I see how that makes sense, getting some reliability. But the draft capital that you'd have to invest in some of those higher quarterbacks, like I just mentioned, Rodgers and Brady, it makes more sense to actually turn that around into a running back because there are so many question marks later on in the draft about who could be starting or playing at the running back spot. I would rather surefire running backs as I can, 
before any other surefire picks, whether it is quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, it makes more sense to try to get the most consistent and reliable thing. And at the running back position, we know that it's historically really tough to find that. So I'll invest higher picks in that knowing I can try to get those guys and then figure things out at quarterback. I can take a gamble on Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo or Patrick Mahomes as long as I have two or three top running backs, but I don't have to worry about filling that position each and every week. Joining us from rotowire.com, Joe Bartle. He is, of course, an expert at taking care of a fantasy football team, as all the experts are at Rotowire. So if I'm looking at my lineup, I've made this mistake in the past. I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan, so I think you know where I'm going. <laughs> this is the year for Andy Dalton. Every year. This is the year for Andy Dalton. He's He's got A.J. Green. I can depend on him. He's going to end no. Right. I mean, John Ross, uh, and no. Oh, he has Tyler Eifert, and uh, no, he doesn't. I mean, it, it, last year was as bad of a down year as you can get for the Ryder rifle, it felt like. And I, I've been an Andy Dalton supporter uh, for much of his tenure with the Bengals, too. I don't know if he's a fantasy, I mean, I don't want to say eligible. Obviously, could take him. I, I don't think he's a fantasy-relevant quarterback at this point. And that's, again, only because there are at least, you know, off the top of my head, 13 or 14 guys that would feel comfortable entering the fantasy season right now as my starting QB. And we can go back you know, as deep as Ben Roethlisberger or Drew Brees. These are guys that are falling to the 8th, ninth, 10th round that have historically been really good. Roethlisberger gets hurt quite a bit, but you know the general, general sense of things. Andy Golden hasn't had a couple of good years, and obviously he has some pretty darn good weapons, in particular A.J. Green around him. But he's that person that I would invest in taking only because there's just so many other options out there that we know are historically more reliable and consistent than Andy Dalton is. Are there any bad picks out there, maybe other than Andy Dalton for me, so I don't make that mistake? You know, Where would you stay away from as far as uh, certain players that look sexy, look flashy, but really don't produce? I don't I don't know if there's a, a bad player necessarily. I think really where the, the bad, quote-unquote, thing is getting to play is when you're taking a player in a realm where he probably shouldn't be taken. And so I've been really focusing a lot of my attention, at least poor attention, on Jarek McKinnon the running back for the 49ers, he signed a massive free agent deal this season. And I think a lot of people look at that deal and are like, oh, he's automatically going to be the starting running back for the 49ers. And, oh, the Matt Shanahan is going to be a great coordinator, and therefore he's going to get a lot of yards. And that all might be true. But I'm a Packers fan. I've seen what Jarek McKinnon can do on the Vikings. And I'm not positive he can stay healthy enough to be the guy on a team. I don't think his body type really profiles as a three-down workhorse back. And they've already seen injuries in the preseason with Jarek McKinnon. Now, it hasn't been serious. I think he'll be ready for week one. But if we're already seeing it now before the year even starts, how are we going to make it through 17 games with Jarek McKinnon leading your team as the fantasy running back? He's going to take in the back end of the second round, beginning of the third round, and I'm not sure he's going to provide that type of value. So for me, he's somebody that I would wait till the fourth, fifth, sixth round to be taking, and he's going way earlier than that, which would make him a bad pick in my opinion. I'm also curious, just because I haven't started my league yet this year, what style of league, what style of setup do you think is, is just the best way to go? I, you know, I've done the auto draft. I've done the where you pick. I've done the salary cap. If I want to just have the best time I possibly can, because at the end of the day, I'm not one of those who are losing their mind over my fantasy football team, even though when I do play, it is a full-time job for me. I just want to go out there, have fun. I'm sure most people want to get into fantasy football. They just want to have fun. So 
What do you recommend? What does RotoWire recommend as far as how to set leagues up, how to manage these? I mean, there's so many ways to do this, but is, have you found over the years there's just a better way to go about this, or are we all doing it wrong? Oh, I can only speak for myself personally. I love PPR leagues. You know, there's there's a little bit of nostalgia, at least for the old-timers when we're talking about a standard league where there isn't a points per reception. You're just basing off of yards and touchdowns. And there's, there's strategy involved with that, but I think – a points per reception. Everyone loves loves players scoring more points. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter if you end up still losing, but you guys are scoring more points. Like it's fun to see the points go up on the board when you're watching your fantasy team on Sunday. So I love points per reception. It adds a bit more value to a guy like maybe Duke Johnson for the Browns, who probably isn't going to be running the ball too much, but he will be a, a weapon out of the backfield for them passing, and he adds a bit more value to a player like that. So I love points per reception leagues. I, I would choose to do those 100 percent of the time over a standard league. And format-wise, you know, I don't know if there's a set amount of teams that you need to have, whether it be 10, 12, 14. The only wrong answer is eight teams. Eight-team leagues are, you know, th- those are their own kind of category of things, and I won't get into it. But 10, 12, 14, that's fine. I understand those. I personally prefer the auction-style leagues where you're bidding on players, A, because you can acquire a person that you actually want. You don't have to get subject to the random luck that is the fantasy snake serpentine draft. But also there adds different strategy elements in there when you are doing a serpentine draft. I like knowing that I can bid for my player. I like knowing that I can bid up people who might be Andy Dalton fans, for example. I like going ahead and kind of uh, throwing somebody out there that I don't really want, and I, they can spend money on a Jarek McKinnon. That that type of stuff it adds a different level of strategy for me. And I love watching the football games, but when it comes to fantasy football, I love the strategy aspect of it as well, as much as the competition. So give me as many strategical options as possible, like the auction style league, and I'm a happy man. Joe Bartles joining us from rotowire.com. I might try the auction. I have not done yet yet. Uh, the the draft is big for me though. I mean, I'm not this type of guy that sits in the conference room here at the office does it for hours. So maybe the auction might be a little intimidating there for me, but it's so crazy how fantasy sports have exploded maybe over these last few years to the point now that we have one-day fantasy. How do you feel about those? Do you participate in any of that? Because that's where maybe a lot of people's entry point is, trying to maybe play the one-day fantasy. Yeah, I think fantasy has really learned a lot and grown a lot from the daily fantasy aspect of the one-day fantasy, like you're referring to. I I think that it's a really vital part of our industry right now. Um, As a guy that I, I fell in love with fantasy draft, and that was my first experience in the fantasy football. So I'll, of course, answer that I love that more. And it's something I generally look forward to each and every August is getting to do fantasy drafts. I've already done eight, and I have four more yet to go this year. And it's something that it's, it's never gets old. It's still one of my favorite things about it. But daily fantasy really is an important aspect of it, too. And I think it has brought a new and different audience into the fantasy sphere. I mean, think about it. Last year, if you had the number one overall pick, you probably were taking David Johnson, and he immediately got hurt in week one. Your season is basically done. And it's a tough thing to admit. They can keep trying and, and maybe strike gold in some other players. But for the most part, your season's done. Daily fantasy or one-day fantasy, that's not the case. You can kind of pick up your players on Sundays and figure out a lineup that works best for you using a little bit of the money in there, too. I, I like that. I think it adds a little bit of you know strategy, like I just was talking about before. I would prefer a normal fantasy draft, of course. But the daily fantasy aspect is definitely one that I'm interested in as well. And also with legalized gambling now hitting more and more states, it's going to be available here soon in West Virginia. How important is that to fantasy or how important is fantasy to the online gambling or the legalized sports gambling that's going to be available? 
I think it's going to make a huge difference. I think the legalized gambling aspect is going to add a, a whole different thing. I mean, people are already doing it. Let's let's be quite honest with ourselves. People are already betting on on the football games and whatever else. But that's going to add just a bit more layer of intrigue, I think, to the football season. We're not just doing fantasy football now as a means to get our gambling fixed. We also have that opportunity to do as well. I think they work in conjunction with one another. I'm excited to see how it plays out, frankly. Joining us on the program, Joe Bartle. He is from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine. And you guys, of course, have a great deal going on right now to help everyone get set up. It's a 10-day free trial at rotowire.com. You would tell us a little bit more about that. So if somebody maybe wants to be a little bit more active in fantasy, they know where to go. And you guys help them set it up all from the beginning to everything they need to know. That's how in-depth you guys are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rotowire does a great job of really getting, I would call it the starter starter fantasies toolkit out there. You can go ahead and subscribe to Rotowire for a 10-day free trial. You can go ahead and click around the site to see a whole bunch of different articles from my colleagues as far as draft strategies or players to target, people that are rising or falling in trading camp, injuries and kind of what the injuries all might mean and what does that mean for you as the fantasy drafter. And then you can go into specific detail on players and whatnot too. Like I, I look at Andrew Luck and how he's been performing about the preseason when we have updates on that. Uh, there's rankings out there as well, and I know people love rankings. Like I get tweeted about that all the time. Oh, hey, what, where is your ranking at with Saquon Barkley and things like that? It's the ranking aspect where you can draft off of that. There's even some draft software that will help you make decisions for you that you can download on RotoWire as part of that free trial for 10 days. And, hey, if you think that RotoWire is valuable after those 10 days and you want to sign up, well, there's different multiple there's multiple plans that you can make. Uh, I, I think, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly an expert. I, I thankfully get my RotoWire subscriber for free working there, thank God. Uh, but you can, you know, order by, by month, uh, by season two, whether it be football, basketball, baseball. You can kind of uh, tailor your RotoWire subscription to the sports that you follow most and are interested in. So I, I think that's it's a lot of flexibility and really is a lot of great knowledge all compiled on one site. I'm totally envious of you and your subscription perk, completely. <laughs> You should be. You should be. You get. I'm telling you, you get a lot of stuff there. Joe Bartle joining us from RotoWire.com and RotoWire Magazine. Now, Joe's going to join us throughout the season every week. So if you've got fantasy questions, he will answer them. He will give you all the knowledge you need, and you should dominate your fantasy league. That's my goal, to dominate my fantasy league because, um, well, the girl who beat me last time is at the bit to go at me again. So I, I don't want to give her the satisfaction of, of a – Two straight championships. Well, that, that's that's what I'm here to help for. I'm, I'm I'm here to help and make sure that you get your whatever you whatever you're looking for out of your fantasy experience. That's what I'm hoping to provide to you. So that's I mean that's perfect. We're we're going to make sure you dominate your league. We can do that. No All right. problem. You and me. Let's do this. Okay, we'll do it. I'll uh, I'll set up the league and you know maybe we can do an on-air draft next week. I, we'll we'll work it out. Joe, I'll be glad. I'll be glad to help out with that. Joe, thanks for the insight. We'll talk to you next week and um, good luck with uh, your fantasy teams because it sounds like you have what 10, 15, 20. Yeah, yeah, just a few. Just, you know, half dozen or two dozen, you know, somewhere in that mix. Understand championship belts coming in all across the country, you know, coming to your desk because you can't have enough fantasy football titles. Yeah, we can only hope. We can only hope. I want to get into one of those leagues eventually where, you know, I, we can afford the championship belt. I want to get to that level one day. Well, that's what my guidance is going to get us to that point. We'll get you enough confidence and we'll get you ready to where you can do that. You can even get uh, set up with your listeners and just have a, a belt ready to go for whoever ends up winning a league like that. It's great. I mean, I, I'm telling you, it adds a different level of strategy and competition that you wouldn't have otherwise had in your leagues when you have some sort of stakes on the line 
like that belt or for me it's always a trophy that i have with my family and friends that we're always shooting for that trophy it, it's fun i i can't i can't stress to you guys enough how much i love fantasy football it's just a great time joe thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you next week thanks sir sounds great thank you that is joe bartle from rotowire.com and rotowire magazine we're going to take our first break come back um, a little bit later on we're going to hear from billy seals head coach of the huntington highlanders big game for them tomorrow night they are on the road taking on Belfry. Later on, Mitch Jacobs joins us from Marshall Volleyball. They're on the road for their season opener. It's all when we continue on this edition of The Drive. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll be talking to Billy Seals, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, in a few minutes. They've got a big one coming up tomorrow night. Back on the road already. Week one, and they've got to go to Belfry, Kentucky to take on Belfry. So we'll talk to Billy in a little bit. Also, Mitch Jacobs will join us. Marshall Volleyball, he has got three to go already. Three in Dayton. Dayton on Friday, South Alabama on Saturday. Ball State on Saturday as well as part of a doubleheader. So we'll talk to the man himself, the head coach of Marshall Volleyball, Mitch Jacobs. He's going to join us a little bit later on the program. So we're trying to get Billy on the program right now. And, of course, Huntington Highlanders will start their season on the road, taking on Belfry. Belfry was a really good team in Kentucky last year. They went far in the playoffs, did not lose a game after losing their first game against Huntington until they got deep in the playoffs last year. So this is a tough team. Huntington's going to be a tough team as well. So I'll tell you what, we've got to get it in right now. Uh, Let's go ahead, let's go get our next break. We went a little long earlier, so let's go ahead and get our next break, come back. We'll hopefully have the head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, Billy Seals, with us. If not, we will get Mitch Jacobs to join us a little bit later on the program. So we've got that still to come. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Um, So we're going to try to get Billy Seals on here in the next couple of minutes. If not, we'll get him next week. And, of course, we'll hear him tomorrow during our pregame coverage of Huntington and Belfry. You can hear that game. We are hoping... That we go on the air at 8 o'clock. We are hoping they are in a bowl situation where there are multiple games going on. They're not the first game. So bear with us as we will get on the air when we get on the air. Hopefully it's going to be 8 o'clock, if not a little bit later than that. And that will be right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So a lot going on, of course. High school football is back in West Virginia and Ohio. Lots of matchups. And then... Soccer returning 4 o'clock on Friday. So if you've got a few hours, you could catch a little soccer, then maybe head over to a football game. You've got choices here. So the Thundering Herd, they're going to be at Hoops Family Field for the opener. They're going to take on UT Martin. That's going to be Friday, 4 o'clock. And you can watch that game, of course, on Herd Vision. That's on CUSA TV. Marshall needs a win right now. They're 0-1-1. The Skyhawks are 0-1. These two teams met last in the 2017 season, and the Skyhawks won that one at home 4-1. to one. So I'm sure Kevin Long at least would like to get that one back. 
We'll see. The Herd, however, has been pretty aggressive. They've outshot their first two opponents 29-24, to so that's good. They are at least a little bit more aggressive than their opponents right now. So that's what's happening tomorrow for the Thundering Herd. Of course, a little bit later on, you can, of course, hang out at Pullman Square because last week was supposed to be the Herd pep rally. Rain did not want to cooperate. So Pullman Square tonight... Herd Pep Rally, a lot of action going on there. For those of you who love the Thundering Herd, Madhouse is performing. So the Thursday night Pullman Square Summer Concert Series, Herd Pep Rally going on at Pullman Square tonight. I heard that the uh, Paint the Capital Green event was pretty good as well. This will be bigger, of course. Students are back, easy to get to from campus. So I'm looking forward to a lot of fun tonight going on at the Henderson Center, at the stadium, Everybody coming down to the Herd Pep Rally should be fun. All right, I'll tell you what. We're going to hit our break, come back. Let's talk to Mitch Jacobs, head coach of the Marshall Volleyball team. We'll get him on the program when we continue. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Setzer's World of Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to our Thursday edition. You know, volleyball season's starting back up. I know everyone's talking football, but no, not tonight. No, we're talking volleyball. And already putting in the miles because, well, why wouldn't you want to start your season on a road trip? Mitch Jacobs, head coach team joins us going to Dayton man you're there already right checked in enjoying what Dayton has to offer is is that the deal oh yeah man we're staying right here on the campus pretty campus nice beautiful day can't wait for our ball game to start up tomorrow well, you are you're in a situation where you've got pretty much a new team you got a few returners back but this is a a new team just about for you yeah we got 10 new kids man we got uh we got five returners, well, six returners, but Katie Jacks is kind of on the DL right now. Um, so we got five full goal returners, and um, and we got a lot of good newcomers. So we got a lot of. Uh, somebody said the other day we got a lot of clay to mold, um, but I really we've had a great time in preseason. So you know, no guarantees, no promises. I just know that this team is going to compete and play very hard. At least that's they've given us everything they got in preseason. So can't wait to get started. I know that's big with you. At the end of the day, wins and losses, while they are important, uh, it's big for you to know that you can put a team out there and they're going to want to go out there and give you everything they have. Do you feel like this is that group, you're there again with this group, or they still need to prove themselves? Oh, we got to prove ourselves every day, but it's, it is a group that's showing like they like each other. They're working hard. They're working hard for each other. And I think, you know, it's, it's something that you start with, right? Um, you know, they know it's going to be a process. Uh, we'll, we'll see as we get started the kind of patience they're going to show. Um, but I think they're, you know, they've been all ears. We've really enjoyed working with them. And it's, it's time to get started. We, you know, we scrimmaged EKU last week. Uh, EKU returned most of their starters, and that was a team that beat us last year. And uh, I thought we handled EKU pretty pretty well. We beat them 
uh, well, we beat them 3-1, but we had already won the first three sets before we just played a fourth one. And that gave both coaches the ability to play, you know, some kids that hadn't been in the scrimmage yet. Um, but it was, it was fun to watch. I think teams are going to, re- you know, remember some of our teams of old when they watch this team play, because this team is going to really get after it defensively. Uh, last year's team, uh, they had some really good offensive talent, but weren't willing to put in the work on the defensive side. And, you know, it's, it's not just a idiom, right? I mean, defense wins. Defense wins championships, uh, you know. So that, you know, last year's team seemed to all be about the offense, and we just couldn't hold people in the end, and we kept getting beat in close games. Mitch Jacobs joining us. Uh, the road trip begins taking on Dayton, and then after that you've got a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, you like this setup just to right off the bat get three quick in, kind of uh, see how your team looks uh, sort of in that rapid-fire succession of games? Well, preseason's like this all the time. So, you know, the pre-conference schedule is is one of the most hectic things in volleyball, and I – I don't know why they don't either give us an extra week or, you know, somehow figure out. But they, you know, they tell you, you got to play 25 dates to be eligible for NCAA tournament play. You got 28 to play, and our conference only plays 14 matches. So we've got to figure out how to fill in four week period of time. We've got to figure out how to fill a lot of, a lot of space. Um, so we do have – we pretty much have four matches a week from here until we start conference. And that's a lot of play. So we've got to – you know, we'll, we'll find out what kind of depth we might have because you can't play your same – can't play the same seven, eight kids every match when you got four in a week because it's a lot of toll on them by the time they get to the to conference. Um, especially if you're playing those two matches in the one day, which is what everybody does at the beginning of the year. Um, so we just gotta, gotta put it together. You know, I gotta, gotta be smart with, uh, when we sub, gotta be smart with when we play, you know, the players that have moved themselves kind of above some of the others at this point and, uh, and make sure that the others are getting some playing time just in case they, they're called upon later on in the season. Mitch Jacobs joining us, Marshall Volleyball opening up the 2018 season tomorrow at the Dayton Invitational. You get Dayton at 7 p.m. on Friday, and then Saturday you're going to take on South Alabama bright and early, 10.30 a.m., and then Ball State in the afternoon evening at 5.30 p.m. What can you tell us about these three opponents? Uh, what are they going to give you as far as a match, and uh, what are you looking for in these first three matches? Well, I think, I think the biggest thing is I, I, all three of these teams will be fighting for their conference championships. Um, so this, this was scheduled in uh, before, you know, as we were trying to build last year. Um, but I think it's a great RPI test. I think all three of these teams are going to have 20 wins at the end of the year. And I think our team's going to, you know, need to fight for every point. And that's, that's all we can do. And uh, just go in there, do our best. I know Ball State's one of the favorites, uh, one of the two favorites in the Atlantic 10. And uh, South Alabama's one of the favorites in the Sun Belt. So it's it's all going to be tough, and we're just we, you know our kids are going to learn right off the top. Uh, and you know me, I don't I don't just schedule W's. You know we gotta we gotta find out if we're going to compete, and we're gotta gotta be ready for the Western Western Kentuckys and UA you know and Southern Misses of the world.
How are the Western Kentucky and Southern Misses of the world this year? What's your uh, early impression of what's coming back in this conference? Well, you know, the conference is going to change. Um, Western Kentucky's good. No question about it. They're going to be good. They're always good. Um, you know, they're, they, I'd say they're more reloading than rebuilding. Uh, he lost three very key starters, but he at the same time returns a kid who just got selected to preseason conference USA player of the year. Um, Rice, you know, I say Southern Miss, but I think that's your top four. You got Western Kentucky, Rice, uh, Southern Miss, and FAU. FAU returns everybody. And, uh, I actually selected FAU to win the league this year. I think they've got, they've got a ton back and they picked up, uh, the junior college player of the year. So they, um, they, they're going to be tough. I, I would pick them over Western as a full unit, but he always seems to, you know, he's dominated since he's come in the league, so you can't ever count count them out of it. Well, the good news is we're going to see a lot of those uh, top teams come to Huntington as uh, Marshall, of course, the host of the Conference USA tournament this year. You're going to have the new scoreboard to show off. I, I know you're going to get to take advantage of all the perks going on over the Henderson Center as well, right? I mean, you've put your input in. You, you've told them what you want. Uh, you know, that's, that's stuff that, that we've learned a long time ago are, you know, that's not, that's not, vol- it's not in there for volleyball, although we get to use it. Um, so, you know, Danny's, Danny's now blowing it up. The reason why we got the new scoreboard is probably, you know, Danny and what he's been able to do. So those are all great things. And, uh, I don't mind riding the coattails. I don't mind hanging back and, you know, getting to use the scoreboard. I know, um, what I've been told, though, is our first match will be over in Gullickson Hall because they are putting the scoreboard in right pretty much as we speak. And then the floor needs to go back in. So I think they're just going to play you for the first one just because they don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to rush something, miss something, and then it's, you know, that's not good. So hey, that's I, where we're going to be from I, the start. I like your chances in Gullickson. I mean, I, I, I think I think yeah. uh, I think Marshall volleyball home home court advantage goes up in Gullickson for you. I think. I don't disagree with you, Paul. Um, you know, it's not quite the venue the Henderson Center is in terms of its, you know, beauty. But uh, but that's our home. We practice in Gullickson every night or every day. Um, you know, we work. We our kids don't mind Gullickson, so it's. Uh, that's what we do. We we basically we do Gullickson, so we're we're looking forward to it. Mitch Jacobs joining us. Uh, Dayton on Friday, South Alabama on Saturday at ten thirty a.m. Ball State on Saturday as well. Then you'll hustle to get back home, and then Gullickson for your home opener. And hopefully, it's going to be a successful uh, start of the season for you. And we're going to, of course, get you back on. Are we getting you on Monday, or are we doing that the following Monday? Because we're getting you back on once a week at least. Oh, yeah. No, I think we're doing the Mondays, right? Yeah, we're doing Monday. You're coming down to the Union, right? Hang out with me and Herbie? Oh, hanging out with you and Herb? Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be a better way to end my Monday afternoon. Okay. So we'll see you on Monday for a preview of Tuesday and, of course, get a recap. So uh, that'll be our thing every Monday, you at the Union. So if anyone wants to come down and uh, see Mitch Jacobs live in person, this is your opportunity. Ah, that's some good stuff. Maybe we'll start uh, – I'll find out from compliance. We can start giving away some – some volleyball T-shirts and stuff like that. If you know people who come down to Herb, okay, we'll definitely but I'll, do that. I have to get that cleared first. I got to get that cleared. Okay, works for me. <laughs> Mitch Jacobs, our guest. All right, go Herd, and uh, have a successful weekend. I'll talk to you Monday.
Thanks for having me, Paul. Take care, buddy. That's Miss Jacobs. Uh, we turn our attention to Huntington High football now. We hadn't forgotten him. Huntington High head football coach Billy Seals with us on the program. And you're just busy, right? You're putting in some last-minute game plan or something. I, I know what you were doing. You're, 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 you're coaching up to the very last minute. No, we have one of those uh, great duties that we get as coaches and handing out equipment to 75 guys. So it's been a joy the last 20 minutes. I feel like this whole preseason, this whole uh, practice has been a joy for you. You've got so many kids coming back. and I know you're going to downplay it, but you're loaded. Just just be honest. You're loaded, and this team's going to be really good again. And I'm not putting the bullseye on you because it's already there. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the term loaded. Loaded would be having Jaden Hayes back and Malik Greer and Shamik Berger and all those guys. You know, if they were back, yeah, I'd say we're loaded. We're a good football team, but, you know, we still got a lot of work to do. We play a, you know, a tremendous opponent tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, we'll kind of a good measuring stick for us to kind of see where we're at right now in our program. So, you know, it's, uh, we're excited about getting an opportunity to play tomorrow night. We're, we're tired of practicing against each other and, and just ready to, to get out there on Friday night. Yeah, last year you um, you handed them their their opening loss. And then they didn't lose again, Belfry. They didn't lose again until the third round of their playoffs, and they lost to Louisville Central. So, really, you got a really good team last year. I'm sure they remember that. And so my question to you is, why did you decide to go down there for a second year? Why are you doing that again? They're really good. Well, as a part of the Pike County Bowl, they're one of the host schools of the Pike County Bowl. And so when we signed the contract, we knew it was, uh, you know, two years down at their place with them hosting that bowl game. And so, you know, we were looking for a game. We only had nine games, couldn't find anybody to play, uh, or the dates didn't match up. And so, you know, we were fortunate that they called and, and asked us if we wanted to be a part of the Pike County Bowl. And, and uh, you know, looking for a 10th game, it's, we decided to sign that contract with them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we get the same result as, as we did last year. But it's going to be a hard-fought football game. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, but you're you're pretty good on defense. Uh, I know you're happy about what you've got defensively. If you could tell us a little bit about what you've got on that squad because it seems like that's going to be maybe your strength. If uh, if I understand correctly, that's where Huntington High football is going to be making and breaking themselves this year? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're better on offense than we are defense. Really? Uh, wow. Um, you know, you know, defensively speaking, you know, we got three of the four guys back on the defensive line. You know, we graduated Malik Greer, but we got guys that have stepped into that role there and have done a really nice job. We're really inexperienced on defense when you start talking about the linebackers in the secondary. Out of those, uh, out of those seven guys, there's only one returning starter. And so, we're, you know, we're kind of green back there. We're very athletic. We're going to be really good. It's just, uh, it's going to be a work in progress on that on that uh, back two levels of our defense. Offensively, anytime you return your your entire starting offensive line from the previous year, uh, as well as your starting tight end and your starting H back, you feel pretty good about you know what you're able to do on offense. And so uh, with that guy step in, Tajon Blackwell's done a tremendous job for us at quarterback up to this point. You know, Todd Wilcox and Diallo Mitchell have done a nice job at the running back spot. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think we're as good at receiver as we've ever been. Um, you know, Devin Jackson, a young sophomore, is really good. You throw Bryce Damas in there. Um, you know, he's already got four or five uh, Division One offers. 
and then you put Chris Brown on the outside and you put Geronimo Mitchell in, in the slot. We, we were very athletic. We're very tall. We're very rangy. And so, you know, we're just excited to get out and get to play tomorrow night. Yeah, if you would talk a little bit about that. I know that's not where you want to focus uh, your team here, but you are getting a lot of kids a lot of attention. Uh, major Division One programs are taking notice of, of some of the kids here, and I know it's got to be tough for you to, to balance the fact that you want all these kids to be successful at the same time. They still are a team, and you got to go out and win some football games, or none of that means anything. Well, our, our kids understand that the recruiting process is all about the off-season for us. And so that's the time where they can focus on, you know, the recruitment part of it. But our, our guys understand once we hit late July, early August, it's all about Huntington High. And uh, that's who they play for right now. And all of our guys understand that. Um, and they do very well understanding that their, their first priority right now is, is winning football games for Huntington High. And then whatever happens, you know, after the season, um, you know, we, we wish them the best of luck. But our, our guys do a tremendous job of focus, focusing on the task at hand. Huntington High head football coach Billy Seals joining us. And, of course, tomorrow, uh, Huntington taking on Belfry. Uh, we're hoping it's going to be at 8.30 kick. Um, how are you feeling about that? you think we're going to get anywhere close to that? Because I know people are going to be antsy waiting to hear the first uh, sounds of Huntington High football on the radio again. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't expect this to start till probably 9 o'clock, 9.15. Um, you know, the first game's at 6.30. And if it's like last year, it was a televised game, so you had TV timeouts. You have, you know, two football teams that threw the ball a lot. And so last year we didn't kick off the 9:57, and so I hope we we're not that late. Uh, you know, it's a lot of standing around, and and um, you know, it's not what we're typically you know used to doing. So uh, hopefully we play it somewhere around nine o'clock and get kicked off and get the going. Well, no matter what time, we're going to have it, of course, right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Once again, we'll be following you all the way to the state championship. No pressure. We're just going to plan on being there at state championship with you. I mean, you're okay well, with that. We, well, you know, I, I, that's what we expect every year. And uh, as long as I'm here, our, our expectation is to be playing and willing. Um, you know, obviously, three out of the last five years, we've been in the semifinals and obviously playing for a a state championship in 2013. So that's our kids' goal every year. They work really hard in the offseason to hopefully get that opportunity. We just kind of got to kick down that door in the semifinals and get back to Wheeling. But uh, our our first task in hand is game number one, which is um, goal number one on our goal board, win the first game, be 1-0. And we've been 1-0 every year since 2011. So – you know, we're excited again about playing a quality opponent. Coach Haywood is a legend in high school coaching and uh, a big-time atmosphere. So just looking forward to tomorrow night. Billy, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll do this again real soon. Hopefully we can get you back on next week. And uh, we're talking about a 1-0 and Huntington Highlanders team. All righty, Paul. Appreciate you guys. That's Billy Seals, head coach of the Huntington Highlanders, as the Highlanders back in action tomorrow night. We will have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, We are telling people 8 o'clock, more likely 9 o'clock. Time's going to float a little bit. Uh, Keep an eye on social media. Follow my social media, at Paul Swan. Also follow our Facebook page, ESPN Radio 94.1 FM and AM 930 is where you can find us there. And also follow us on Twitter, at ESPN 941 FM. 
is where you'll find us on Twitter. Keep an eye on those social media accounts, and we'll update you if the game airtime moves past what we were projecting to be possibly 8 o'clock. That's going to do it for this edition. want to thank our producer, Gabriel Sellert, and to all our guests who joined us on the program tonight. And don't forget, if you ever miss any portion of the show, you want to go back, all you have to do is find us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn. Also, you can go to Anchor. You can go to our website, WRBC.com. All the places you find your podcast are where we are at. That's going to do it for this edition. Back on Friday for the kickoff of high school football here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Until then, good night, everyone. station.